Welcome to the Church Fails Podcast, where we bring our failures out into the open so we can laugh together and learn something along the way. In this episode, we're going to talk about what happens when you bring the wrong person onto the team. Now, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade. I'm the creator of Collaborate Worship and the lead pastor at No Limits Church. And I'm really excited that Alex is joining me today in this episode from worshipministrytraining.com. Alex, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us how you got started in worship ministry. What's up, Cade? Yeah, uh, my name is Alex Infiegin. I have been leading worship for more than half of my life. It's insane to say that, but um, started as a 16-year-old high school student who, you know, they kind of, they started me on drums and worked me across the instruments and then finally said, okay, your turn to lead. And I've been doing it ever since and um, love it and feel called to serve people in that way and also feel called to train up other worship leaders, which is why I started worshipministrytraining.com. So yeah, man, that's, that's it. And I'm stoked to be here with you again. Yeah, man. I'm so grateful. So this is the second time having you on the podcast. There's another episode where we talked about balancing family and ministry. So if you missed that one, you might want to go check that out because it was good stuff. But let's go ahead and get into this one. So as church leaders, we often need to fill a position on the team, whether it be like the worship team, the tech team, the kids team or whatever. And we're usually in a hurry to fill that position, right? So we bring on either the first person that comes along or maybe even recruit somebody that wasn't necessarily gifted in that area. There's all kinds of reasons that we end up with the wrong person on the team. And before we started recording this podcast, you were telling me that you have a very fresh story about what happens when you bring the wrong person onto the team. So (laughs) why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah, yeah. So this was a painful failure for sure. And it was that I I hired someone on our staff team. Um, They were a volunteer originally. Uh, on our worship team and I hired them to be on staff and I did it too quickly and I hired them based on their talent even though there were questions about their character and that was a huge flop a huge failure and it was tempting because he was so talented so gifted and I want to speak vaguely enough to where I don't you know throw anybody under the bus but so incredibly talented and gifted in music and a hard worker, you know, externally perfect, but internally there were some questions. And, and I guess you knew this before you hired him since he was a volunteer, like you knew him pretty well. So I, so here's the thing. People are pretty good at hiding, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they can, they can cover themselves pretty well or say the right things or, you know, they can cover it up and button up and tidy up and in in one context act one way and then outside of that context act a different way. And and that's why I think Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 he says before you appoint someone to serve let that person be closely examined and if they pass the test then let them serve as deacons. So there's there's got to be this buffer window this time period where you're able to really put your eyes on their life and to evaluate and examine and test and check and verify, is this person called into church leadership? And I think what I realized was you can't train character. Uh, What I thought I could do, the mistake I made was I hired for talent and I thought that I could teach and refine the character because, you know, you think, oh, they've got some growing to do. They've got some issues. They've got some X, Y, Z. Uh, that I can I can pour into them. I'm a shepherd. I'm a pastor. I can train them up in that area. Well, no, you can't. Only the Holy Spirit can change character. 
Only the Holy Spirit can. And I, I thought I could teach character, but you can't. And, um, so, you know, I don't want to get into the details of it, but after two, two years of working with this person and kind of giving them more and more authority and more and more responsibility on the worship team, there were more and more people raising red flags and saying, Hey, there's like this or that, or I saw this, or he said this or this or that. And more and more red flags were coming up. And I kept having, I kept having confrontation, not confrontation, but like, you know, um, constructive conversations with this person about, Hey, you can't do that. Like, and then giving them biblical reasons and this and that. Um, and then they would find kind of sneakier ways to go get around and continue on with the behavior, but like keeping it out of sight, out of mind for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like I say, we should listen to others. Like if others are raising red flags or if others have concerns, then you should definitely pay attention to what others have to say about someone's character. And, you know, so anyway, so what happened was had them on staff, kept having these confrontations or like, you know, not confrontations in like I'm yelling at them in my office, but that I'm trying to coach them and encourage them to grow in the things of the Lord. But like someone told me recently, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And that's why I say the Holy Spirit has to be the one to grab somebody's heart. It has to be the Holy Spirit. But if you put somebody in a leadership position who doesn't have the character, then the whole thing falls apart. I mean, we've always heard people say that your character, uh, your, what is it? What is it? They say like your talent can only take you as far as your character can hand can handle. Like I've heard that my whole life, but, but I just thought I could change the character, but you, you really, you can't. And that was a huge mistake. And I had to let him go because, you know, finally everything was kind of exposed. And so, yeah, that, that's the story, man. It was really painful and sad and discouraging. How long did this go on? Two years. Yeah, two years. Was it just kind of like a snowball rolling down a hill, like catching momentum or? Yeah, so... There was like, how do I say it? Um, I, the person started out in a low authority position. They were like part-time sound helper, right? So they would help with like weddings and funerals doing sound. Then it was like, okay, now they, now they're playing and you want to invest in people as a leader, right? You're like, wow, they've got so much potential. They've got so much talent, so much raw talent. Like I could train this person to be a worship leader. And so I began to teach him how to be a worship leader and pour into him, invest in him and give him opportunities. And then he would do well externally. He would do well in those circumstances. So I would give him more authority and more responsibilities and more opportunities. And externally they would do well in that. And they kept going up and up and up. And as they went up and up and up, the, the environment was being affected. There was a toxicity in the environment wherever this person went, because I think they got too much authority too quickly. And, you know, honestly, like, I think the best thing for people is to be to be frustrated that you're not giving them enough chances too quickly. Like they, I'd rather have now, I'd rather have somebody be frustrated like, oh, he doesn't give me enough opportunity. It's like, well, why don't you scrub the toilet 10 more times and then we'll talk about the next thing, right? That's how I should have done it. You know what I mean? Not literally. Although when I was in Russia, I was a missionary in Russia when I was 18, 19, no, I was 20 years old. And I was, I literally was in the septic tank, in the septic tank, fixing a pump and getting splashed with who knows what. Well, I know what, and you know mm -hmm. what, but I, I won't say it because it's too gross. Okay. <laughs> and I was under the bus, like this really gasoline smelling, nasty bus, like 
dragging luggage from team members to come into, you know, Russia and go on mission trips. Like that was my job. It was the lowest man on the total pole. And I think when someone proves himself faithful in that, then you can give them more authority. The problem, the mistake I made was I gave them too much authority too quickly without having them earn it and prove themselves. Like Paul says, examine them, let them be tested for a time before you, you know, call them to be a deacon. So yeah, that was bad bad news. You know, I would honestly say, and a lot of people aren't going to like this, but if you are not willing to clean the bathroom at church, like you're going to throw an attitude about it or say that it's below you or even think that way, then you have a character flaw mm-hmm. that needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that... and... Go ahead. Yeah. And my wife says we should from now on put everyone on the worship team in the parking lot ministry for two months. And I know Louis Giglio's church does that too. They're like, okay, if you want to be on the worship team, you're going to go park cars for three months. I think that's a kind of a good way to test people's character. Yeah, no doubt. Because somebody that is full of character, like is not going to have a problem with that at all. They're just going to go do it with a smile on their face and be excited for their opportunity to serve on the worship team later on. Right. Totally. People don't like that though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you plan to do to keep this from happening in the future? Yeah, man. I think I'm gonna take my time with hiring people. I'm going to trust my gut. That's something that because there were like over the last two years, there were many times where like multiple people's spidey senses were tingling. It's like, whoa, something's off here, right? But like I would approach the person and be like, hey, everybody's feeling this, you know, like something's off. And then they would deny everything, whatever. And then it's like, I should have kept digging or I should have started asking around to other people like, okay, do you know something that I don't know? Do you know something? Because that's what ultimately ended up happening was finally I was just started to go like, okay, what what am I, what do I not know? And then like multiple people around me, were, they were like, well, you don't know this, this, and this. It's like, Holy smokes. Okay. Well, thank you for telling me team, (laughs) you know, and it's like, (laughs) so now we're having a meeting tonight about that, about like, we have to hold each other accountable. You guys, like we're in ministry, we're a team and we don't let people run their life off the edge of the cliff. We get between them and the edge of the cliff. We have to, you know, love each other enough to not let each other, let each other kill ourselves in sin, you know? So, um, definitely going to take more time getting to watch and observe somebody, definitely going to trust my gut, definitely going to ask others um, what they think about a person. And I'm going to listen when they, um, others bring up, you know, bring up uh, accusations or concerns. And the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pay more attention to the details. I'm going to pay more attention to the things that the person in question says or doesn't say. I'm going to pay more attention to little hints that, I've, I've heard this phrase and I, I like it a lot. It's like pull on the threads. You know, when you have a thread that's sticking out of your, so if, if something's sticking out, kind of like grab me, pull this, let's see where it leads. Like I'm going to start pulling threads way more often. And I don't want to become an untrusting person. Uh, I don't want to become a, a cynical or bitter person about all this that, that happened. Um, but I do want to be more wise about, you know, not, buying the story up front just as it is like trust your gut if the holy spirit's prompting you that something ain't right like something's probably not right you know especially if it's happening over and over and over again so yeah i think it's dave ramsey that says hire slow 
and fire fast. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of business leaders that say that, but that's good advice right there. It's so good. And another thing, I know that Dave Ramsey, like he has a six step process or something crazy like that for coming onto his team. And one of those things, it's like an interview with the spouse mm. or with the family, because then you can actually see what's going on at their home life. So mm. I don't know, those two things just came to mind might be helpful for somebody. For sure. But I bet right now there's probably somebody listening who already has the wrong person on the team. So and your, what's your advice for like helping that person make a change? Mm. The longer you wait, the worse things get. So like you said, hire slow, fire fast. Like if you see somebody is negatively affecting the team, you need to deal with it because your team is your responsibility and protecting your team is one of your number one responsibilities. Wait a minute, but but they're volunteers. Like they're not even staff. Like can I fire a volunteer? You can fire a volunteer. And I know you already know the answer to that question, Cade, and you're just asking for the listener. But yes, you can fire a volunteer. If someone is toxic, if someone is ruining the team culture, if someone is spreading gossip or slander or whatever it is, or defaming the name of the Lord, like when you don't deal with it, You are letting somebody continue in bad behavior that's bad for them, it's bad for the church, and it's bad for your team. And it looks bad on you. You're responsible, I'm responsible. So we need to be the ones to do something about it. And if you don't do something about it, your team will lose respect in you. Because everybody else sees the problem, and they know you see the problem, and they're like, wow, my leader is being extremely passive about this and not doing anything about it. And I let this thing go on for too long. I was trying to give chances because I feel like that's what God wants us to do. But finally, it came to the point where I was like, you know what? This is getting out of hand and I got to make this really tough call. Um, But, you know, making the tough call is going to, you know, my wife told me this before I did it. She said, when this is done, when this is done, you're going to have clear horizons. You're going to have fresh breath. Like it's going to be. Uh, you're just going to feel so free. And in a sense, I really do. I really do. Yeah, it always it always feels a lot better when it's over than when it does going through it. Yeah. I think I think I got this advice from Craig Rochelle with Life Church, And it's just a really simple two-step process for, for dealing with people that need to make a change off your team when you got the wrong person. And the first thing is you start with open communication. Like you sit down one-on-one with them and just have a frank conversation about here's what's going on. Here's why it's not working. And then you give them an opportunity to grow or go. And then you put a time frame on it. You have 30 days to solve this problem. And if at the end of 30 days you don't, you're telling me that you want to go. Hmm. You know, so it's just it, that gives them an opportunity to make the change, you know, because we are supposed to be give people second ch- chances. I mean, how many second chances has Jesus given us? Mm-hmm. But it's like you got to set those those boundaries too, and those those guidelines, or mm-hmm. like you said, it'll just keep going on and on and on, and it just keeps getting worse. The hardest thing in this situation was that they were able to make external changes when they were around me, mm-hmm. but the heart was still not there. That was the mm-hmm. hardest thing because it's like I I didn't know, like I thought everything was okay. It wasn't until the team kind of brought it up that I'm like, oh okay, well now we got to deal with it. So yep, and that's like but, the hardest thing, right? Whenever it's a heart problem to diagnose and point it Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, that's good stuff. Anything else you want to add to that? No, just don't go through what I went through. It's pretty sucky. (laughs) Good advice. Well, Alex, what's the best way for people to stay connected with you? Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Uh, They can go to worshipministrytraining.com. 
and there they can do whatever they want. They can get the free resources that are there. They can find me on social, but worshipministrytraining.com is the, the home place for that. Awesome. Well, Alex, thank you for joining us on the Church Fails podcast. And for those of you who are listening right now, it's an absolute honor to share this time with you. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that we can let you know about future episodes. And would you do me a favor? Would you share this episode with a few of your friends who you think would find it helpful? Thanks again for being with us, and we'll catch you next time.